Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 16. Listen for the word of the Lord. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. year was 1984. The United Methodist Church was celebrating its bicentennial. I was a newly minted graduate of Candler School of Theology at Emory University and had been assigned to be an associate minister at a church in Augusta. I remember the bicentennial moments in the midst of the services as we recounted our history. I remember the bicentennial banner that was in the chancel area. And I remember the events that we had, fellowship meals, celebration events. It was a wonderful time of remembering and giving thanks. But it was also an introspection time. People were beginning to look at the church and wonder where we were heading. There were some who cited cited the statistics. Membership in decline, average worship attendance in decline, participation in Sunday school in decline, which led many of these statisticians to predict at the current rate of decline, the United Methodist Church would cease to exist in 50 years. Now, when you're in your first year of ministry, that's not something you want to hear. A couple of years after our bicentennial, Bishop Richard Wilkie wrote a book entitled, And Are We Yet Alive? He took on the statisticians and he pushed back just a little bit, giving us a diagnosis of what the problem was. We had become an out-of-focus denomination. We no longer were focused upon our mission and what instigated the movement to begin with. And he invited us in the book to refocus on that to which we were called, our ministry and our mission. And he offered a prescription. And a part of the prescription was a renewed emphasis on the reading and study of Scripture. There's actually precedent for that. In the second half of the 7th century BC, Josiah was the king of Judah. This was probably the lowest point for Israel's history in the promised land. Josiah decided to 
put an emphasis on restoring the temple, rebuilding its walls and renovating it. And in the midst of the renovation, the high priest found an old scroll gathering dust on a shelf. He took it down and realized it was from the book of law of Moses. It hadn't been seen or read in years. He took it to the king and the king put out a decree and invited everybody to come into the temple and he asked the high priest to read the words from the Holy Scripture. And according to 2 Kings, in the reading and hearing of the Scripture, the people were renewed. They were revived. Imagine that. In the hearing and in the study of Scripture, it led to renewal. All Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and the training up in righteousness. Grandfather gave his 13-year-old grandson a Bible for his birthday. The boy thanked his grandfather and didn't open the Bible for years and years. One day he picked it up and began to thumb through it. And in Genesis, he found hidden in the pages a $10 bill. He turned to Exodus, and in the pages he found a $10 bill hidden. In Leviticus, he found another $10 bill. He ended up finding 66 $10 bills, $660 hidden in the pages of the Scripture. And he laughed to himself, imagining... My grandfather probably thought I'd never find that money. (laughs) The problem was the boy probably thought the most valuable thing in the Bible was the money. When we pay attention to it, when we read it, when we study it, when we allow it to take root in our lives and point us in the direction, it can transform our lives. You see, it's not a book of information. It is a book of transformation. This morning, I wanted to make two observations. The first is we do not take the Bible literally. We don't read it literally. It says that all Scripture is inspired of God. It doesn't say that up in heaven, God dictated the scriptures to an angel who wrote them down and then delivered them to the people so that people would have a guide for their lives. That's not what the scripture says. All scripture is inspired of God. It's written by human beings. The human beings wrote them down on scrolls. The human beings were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. But there are still people who say, I just do what the Bible says. I'm a literalist. I read it and I follow it to the letter. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. You know some of those folks. My question to them is, what do you do when you come to the part that says, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. For it's better to enter heaven with one hand than to burn in hell with two. What do you do when you come to the passage that says, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. Better to enter heaven with only one eye than to burn in hell with two. What do you do with that passage? 
Or is there some understanding that maybe Jesus is exaggerating to make a point? If you're going to read it literally, follow it literally. Decades ago, I was in a men's Bible study. It met every Tuesday morning uh, at Shoney's. We'd get there at 7 o'clock, get our breakfast, and go back to this back room that they had a partition that they could close it off. And we studied the scriptures, and the guy leading the, script, uh, the study was really good. I remember we got to Titus chapter 1, and there's a, a verse there that says, an elder in the church must be the husband of one wife. And the literalist in our group looked around at all of us with a gotcha look on his face. He said, uh, there it is. It's in the scriptures. It's black and white. Women cannot be leaders in the church. Those of you that have women leaders, you're, you're sinning. You're not doing what the scriptures tell you to do. It's right there. And the leader of the group said, I grant you the point. But let's read it literally. Must be the husband of one wife. Therefore, single men are not allowed to lead in the church. Jesus can't lead in the church. The man looked at him and said, well, I don't interpret it that way. He said, neither do I. We're all picking and choosing, aren't we? You may say you're a literalist, but nobody is. Nobody actually follows it literally. It requires interpretation of the scriptures. We do not take the scriptures literally but we do take them seriously. And that's the second observation that I wanted to offer this morning. We do take the scriptures seriously. I was in another Bible study. This was more recent. We got to one of Paul's letters and the woman said, I don't pay attention to Paul. I don't like what he has to say about women. I just disregard that part of the New Testament. Take out a whole chunk of the New Testament, just disregard it, okay? You know, I know that Paul said some things that sound sexist, but when you read Paul in the whole, he comes across pretty progressive. I mean, go back and read Romans 12, when he lists all the leaders for whom he is grateful in the church. Many of those people are women, and it's clear they are leaders in the church, and Paul is both supportive of and grateful for the women's leadership in the church. Read Galatians 3, where Paul says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is no longer slave nor free, and there is no longer male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. I think that it's important that we realize while we don't take the scriptures literally, we do take them seriously. Reading the scriptures requires for us to read them, to study them, and to invite the Holy Spirit that inspired the writing of scripture to teach us what it means to look for the truth that is there. All scripture is inspired of God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training in righteousness. That last phrase, training in righteousness, reminds me of a phrase 
that Charles Wesley used in one of our favorite Christmas carols, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. You know, that third verse, it begins, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. I love that phrase, Son of Righteousness, and it's spelled S-U-N. Wesley is reminding us that Jesus is the Son. He's the one that brings light and life to us all. Well, if Jesus is the sun, then using that metaphor, I would suggest that the Bible is the moon. The moon does not have any light of its own. It reflects the light of the sun upon the earth. The Bible does not have any light of its own. It reflects the light of Christ to us. The moon has an impact on the tides of the seas. And when taken seriously, the Bible can have an effect upon us. It can draw us into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ if we take the scriptures seriously. I was at a conference this past week and uh, one of the uh, presentations was about preaching on scripture. And the presenter made the observation that Jews and Christians look at the scriptures a little differently. We Christians tend to go to the Bible looking for answers. We've got a problem, we've got a question, we go to the Bible looking for an answer. Our Jewish friends, however, go to the Bible looking for questions. They want to be able to ask the right questions in their lives. And I wonder, do our Jewish friends have it right? For when you read the scriptures, they're more inquisitive than they are imperative. Adam, where are you? I'm looking for you. Job, were you there when I created the heavens and the earth? I don't remember seeing you there, but were you there? And when Jesus is asked a question by the religious leaders and the scribes and Pharisees, he generally answers with a question. Good teacher, which is the greatest commandment of all? Well, what do you say? I wonder if maybe what the scriptures are to do is to engage us in the right questions of life, to draw us deeper into a relationship with Christ. And once drawn into that relationship, our lives are transformed. As I said earlier, the Bible's not a book of information. It's one that leads to transformation when you take it seriously. I mentioned earlier that Bishop Richard Wilkie wrote the book, And Are We Yet Alive? Well, he couldn't just leave it at a prescription for us. He then put his money where his mouth was, and he wrote Disciple Bible Study Curriculum for the church. Not only did he say to the church, we need to get back to the scriptures, we need to become the people of one book again, as John Wesley put it, but we need to engage in study with other people. And Disciple Bible Study enables us to read 80% of the scriptures, to meet with other people in talking about the major themes of the scriptures and how we find truth in the scriptures and then applying those things to our lives so that we can serve and please God. 
experience renewal, revival, spiritual awakening through the reading and hearing of Scripture, the study of Scripture, the taking of it seriously. Bishop Wilkie wrote Disciple Bible Study, and it has become the core curriculum for our church. I imagine that most of you in this room have taken Disciple Bible Study. If you haven't, I highly recommend it to you. When a new member joins our church, you've seen it. We present them with a new Bible when they join the church. And we say, this is your book. This is our curriculum. We want you to read it. We want you to study it. We want you to write notes in it. We want you to take it seriously. Bring it with you to church. Read it every day. John DeGrucci was a minister from South Africa. He was passing through London Heathrow Airport, put his carry-on luggage onto the conveyor belt. It went through the x-ray machine, and the alarms went off. Well, they pulled him aside and said, we're going to have to search your carry-on luggage. He said, that's fine. I don't have anything dangerous in there. And, And they pulled out the luggage, and they opened it and began to sift through it and found the offending item. The security guard held it up. It was a Bible that had a zipper around it. And DeGrucci was defensive and said, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's fine. It's not dangerous. And the security guard said, oh, the Bible can be a very dangerous book when you take it seriously. It's like TNT. It can explode old habits in your life. It can cause burdens to go away. It can smash expectations and lead you to a new day when you take it seriously. So this morning, we're talking about renewal, we're talking about revival, we're talking about spiritual awakening. I want to commend to you the reading and study of Scripture. If you aren't on our mailing list to get the daily readings of scripture, get on the list and read with us daily. We're reading through the Bible this year. Are you in a Sunday school class? Are you in a Bible study? Are you in a prayer group so that you can read the scriptures, reflect upon them, study them with other people, and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you the truths in the book? Are you willing to let those questions in the scriptures probe deeper into your life and pull you into a close personal relationship with Christ I invite you to do it are you thirsty this morning I know something that will quench that thirst it's the study of scripture that will lead you into a relationship that will transform your life fill my cup Lord I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.